Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back for another episode of the My Love of Golf podcast, the podcast where you can tune in and get all of your updates on the PGA Tour and all that sort of stuff. Maybe even a little bit of our own personal golf. We might have some of that to talk about this week. Thanks for joining us again. Wherever you are around Australia, around the world, we really do appreciate every moment that we get to get inside your ears. Let's bring Mike in. He's uh, there with all of the heaps of results, all of the tipping results, and all of the information about the PGA Tour and all the other stuff we're going to talk about. Let's bring him in. Magic Mike, uh, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for uh, taking the time to uh, join us. Um, how are you? Good, thanks, mate. How are you? Um, I'm okay. Um, I'm, no, I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Always glad to uh, be here on a Tuesday night with you. Uh, we have a little uh, pre-podcast chat and it always goes in one direction or the other. And, and uh, it's always good to get a little bit of insights into your world. Uh, I got a little bit of insights into your golf on uh, Friday, Mike, where we had the opportunity to have a little bit of a uh, team get together with one of the uh, the podcast faithful. Um, yeah. It was good to see you down there at uh, where we go? St. Andrews Beach. What a course. It was good for nine holes and then it was pear-shaped for the back nine. I gave up by that point. But no, it was, it was good to be out, good weather. Um, yeah, highs and lows of golf. But um, no, great course. How was the rest of uh, Magic Mike's midweek madness, mid-year madness? Sorry. Mid-year madness. Uh, it was good. Uh, so yeah, we played St. Andrew's Beach Friday with yourself and Scott. Uh, I stayed down the beach for the weekend. So Saturday morning, I um, played the Dunes. Uh, when I signed in, they said, uh, did you want to play comp tomorrow morning? I said, yeah, that'd be great. Thank you. Um that's all I knew and I got there and um, it was going to be possibly raining. So a few members pulled out. I think they said to me in the morning, 25 members have pulled out from playing today and conveniently the two that I was playing with didn't show. Um, and the reason was, one, they thought it was going to rain. Two, it was um, stroke off the black tees. So that was that was fun. I uh, hadn't done that and that down at the dunes in a while. So that was good. It was a, It was a really good day. That's, that's like sexual excitement stuff for you. Back tees off the. It was dune. pretty good. There's a few. There's a few. T- I, was, I, I know where to lie. I partnered up with another bloke who was playing in the, the 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 normal comp, which I don't know why I wasn't in that comp. So he was playing stable foot off the white. So there was holes where I was giving him 150 head start. It was it was pretty disappointing. But there were some tee boxes that I played off that I have never seen. I didn't know they existed, and I've played that course a thousand times. The second hole. The tee box I teed off was the ninth tee back. Like it was bananas, some of the tee boxes. It was good. Like it was it was a struggle. Yeah, it had been a bit of rain. So I hit. I left two balls in the pot on two separate holes and made, I think it was double. And that didn't help. And then on, yeah, on two, which was my back nine, um, I had to wait because we caught up to the um, people in front and uh, just stood there for too long and didn't think about the shot and, Pull one OB, which I, I can't, I didn't, I, sorry, it didn't go OB. It was just lost on the fence line there somewhere in the, in the shrub. So that didn't help either. But I only finished uh, net 75, maybe three over, four pretty over. Pretty max. So that was good. It was good enough for, um, yeah, top 10 or whatever it was. So that, that was okay. And then Sunday, uh, Sunday, I, um, I was going to play with someone else and that fell through. Um, so I ended up playing with three lads. I played with Tony, Andy, and Jerry. Um, 
three guys getting into it had all the kit. They had some very nice golf clubs, um, pair of very nice Jordans. Um, but they were they were loving it. They had a really it was a really good day. They kept they kept apologising to me. So they were just getting into their golf over the last couple of years. Um, but we had a really good day together. Um, and I had thirty five points, and I thought, you know, that's you know, okay, nothing spectacular. And um, yeah, I think I finished third in the comp, so my handicap came down a little bit. So yeah, I didn't think it was that that tough a day to be honest. So where good. where was the third course? Sorry, I missed that. Was that no the, the June the, the June's game? Right, so yeah, okay. St Andrews June's and June's. I was going to go down and play um, Portsea, um, but yeah, in the end, I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to play the June's game. I love it here, and then I'm going to shoot back up the um, road to Melbourne. Uh, we'll keep talking about our golf. Um... But uh, I want to give a bit of a public service announcement uh, just based on what you said then. If you are newish to golf and you're picking up these golf podcasts, and there are many of them, and if you found ours, well, thank you. I don't know why you have, but if you have and you're newish to golf or you know, you're know thinking about going into and you're 20-something handicapper or, or whatever, but you, you don't feel your handicap is um, or your golf game is where you'd like it to be, but you go into a golf shop and don't you don't need to apologise to the person that's helping you um, in the golf shop, you know, if you're getting a club fitting, you don't have to. You don't have to say, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm not very good," or "Sorry, I haven't been playing for a while." This is really embarrassing because the pe- the person that's helping you doesn't care. You know, they just want to help you. They 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 all they care about is is helping you, you know, get fitted for the right equipment. Many people have the wrong equipment um, through one form or another. They've been given the equipment as a starter set, and it's wrong, too short, too long, too heavy, too stiff, too soft, whatever. Um, but they, the people like me that uh, you know work in in golf, the golf business, and the golf club fitting business, you know, love the challenge of helping someone. So don't ever be worried about going in and asking for a fitting. And you know, we all start somewhere. And uh, you know, the people that are not all the people that are working in golf retail environments are expert golfers. Many of us are. Oh, many of them are. Um, but there are some other golfers just like yourselves. We'll always, we're just there to help. Anyway, a bit of a public service announcement there. Well, I, hmm. love, I love helping people that are new to golf, especially if they're going to buy Jordans, new sticks, new bags. That's it. Cam- ah, exactly. Cameras. No, you yeah. can come in any time you want. 100%. All, all of you lot. Um, no, I said to him on the first tee, uh, might have been the second tee, I said to Andy, um, yeah, I quite like those Jordans. I didn't lo- like the look of them on the, uh, on the website, but he might have talked me into buying another pair, which I don't know that I need. Um, but no, they were good, and and, I, and same as what you said then about getting fittings and stuff. Like, I don't know, the guys might have been you know twenty, thirty handicap. I don't care. Like, don't, yeah, don't have to apologise. Like, that's I, what I mean. I'm not fast, and we're not. You know, it's not about that. I just everyone having fun, and the best part about it was the final hole. We'd all had ups and downs with the driver all day. All four of us absolutely pipe drivers down the last, like all four of us. And one of the boys, Jerry, it hadn't been hadn't been enjoying the driver all day, and he hit this beautiful tight little draw straight down nine, and then we're all we're all cheering, and that was good. It was a really good day. Not it's really nice playing. I play with a lot of I play a lot of golf by myself, and I play a lot of golf with lots of different people, different skill sets, and it's just nice playing with people that just go and enjoy the day. It was really good. Um, speaking of playing with people that hadn't seen certain courses. Uh, Scott had never seen uh, St Andrews Beach when we mm. took him down there on Friday, which I was surprised at. But he shouldn't be because he spent the last you know twenty years of his life in uh, yeah, in the states, another, in the states, in another country. Talking about Jordans, um, you know, making the Nike brand um, part of what it is. Uh, what did what you what did you what did you think that Scott thought of St Andrews Beach? Um, I think he I think he enjoyed it. I think he really enjoyed it. I mean, it'd be very hard not to. He 
comfortably played to his handicap. He played quite well. Mm. I think it helped having two people with him that told him these are the lines you want to hit it on and this is where you want to go. And he's good enough to hit those spots. So, no, nah, I thought I thought he thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I don't think um, I don't think it'd be that long before he heads back. Uh, I can't wait to see him on the course again. I, I did drop a special delivery over his fence on uh, Monday night. New ping, new shaft for the ping, new ping, sh- new shaft for the ping. I was like, it was eight o'clock, eight thirty, something, going home, and uh, just special delivery. Dropped out that up at the front, put the hazards on, threw it over the fence. Message on the way past, shafts in the front grass, mate. Pick it up out there. So he's got the new. He was complaining about his ball flight and his spin and and all of that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, I didn't have. I, mean, I thought his ball flight was quite good off the with the driver. A little bit high, a little bit high, a little bit spinny, and uh, I get that. So now he's got the uh, tour shaft for the ping, as uh, and that that shaft's got. I know he'll be listening to this because he's a regular listener, and we appreciate him. Uh, that shaft's played all around the world. That shaft's seen some of the finest low ball flight trajectories in Scotland. That shaft that's going into your driver. There you go. Hey, um, I saw another new course on the weekend, Mike, for the first time. Didn't play it. You did. Disappointed. I thought you. Pl- I thought you were going to be playing. No, no, didn't play. Didn't play. Uh, the lakes. Had never played. Yeah. Had never played the lakes. Still haven't played the lakes. But I, I went round it and uh, took yep. some photos and had a look. It was what really, you think? Yeah, really, really, really uh, impressed. I, I don't know what, why I'd sort of maybe thought, mm, not low. That's not the right word. But I hadn't thought as highly of the lakes as maybe I should have. And, um, yeah, it was it's really good. Two, two mm. different – obviously two different sides, which I knew because I used to drive up and down. You know, when yep. I lived in Sydney and worked up there, I used to drive past it and, and basically watch that redevelopment through the early 90s when they were putting – Mike Clayton was putting Sandy Wastelands in on yep. the front nine and uh, everyone was saying, what the hell are they? You know, that's that doesn't look right for a golf course. You know, Sandy Wastelands, you know, who would have ever thought that that would be a thing? Um and so I got to saw that close up and really, really good. Uh, can't wait to play. Yeah, but, uh, no, yeah, I agree. They, yeah. they unfortunately wouldn't let members. I was um, going to say, Saturday morning would be tough. Yeah. No, I I agree. I think, yeah, I I like I, I like the course. I definitely felt like it was a tail of two nines, though. I felt I really, really liked the front nine. I didn't hate the back nine, but it was just different around the water. Mm. Um, and it didn't hurt. I think I shot one over on the front. So that, that never hurts how you feel about a golf course. But no, I really, uh, I really enjoyed it. I think the difference. I mean, I've only played a handful of courses in Sydney itself, um, and I've been to the Australian to watch the Aussie Open a couple of times. But there, um, Bonnie Doon, it's amazing. There's there's quite heavy trafficked roads quite close by, mm. so it's. I don't know. I don't think of it like in Melbourne. We're quite probably a bit lucky. You don't hear the traffic and the cars and stuff going past like you do on those three courses anyway. Yeah. Um, bit, um, in the middle of the city, in Sydney, so big city. But, yeah, I think um, I, I didn't mind the courses at all. I'd be absolutely happy to go back and play that one. Yeah, well, the, the main sort of arterial roads from the city down to the airport and then down to the south runs right past yeah. the uh, Australian and through the middle of the lakes. So there's a big tunnel underneath it. So you get that noise, but also, much like the sandbelt, but obviously at a vastly different scale, uh, affected by planes. You know, you've got, you've got plane activity yeah. very, very close overhead for all those courses, New South Wales, Bonnie Doon, and, yeah. uh, and the lakes, you know, big big aircraft coming over the top of you. Um, but anyway, it was good. Uh, it was in Sydney. Um, did you get my sarcasm, Mike? Sorry, before we'll, we'll get into all the meaty stuff in a minute, but uh, this is just catching up. Did you get my sarcasm when I posted on the Mile of Golf Instagram that uh, we hosted a, um, a get-together, a Mile of Golf get-together at Combank Stadium? 20, I, don't follow, 20, I don't follow the account. I'm not sure. No, I did. Um, 20, yeah, you 20, with... Um, 25,000 25, people were there. 
That, not only that, he probably didn't enjoy the night that much. I've still got that's my two days. years. Two years in a row. Oh, two spanks in a row. So I was mm. there for the. Um, yeah, no, my sarcasm was when in the post, if anyone got it, if they didn't, well, it's just me being silly with myself, is that we'd, we had an M-Log catch-up at, at the Combank Stadium, there were 28,000 okay. people in attendance. Uh, I was really there for the Melbourne Grand Final, which was an absolute fizzle. We got pummeled 6-1. Um, that was really hard. But uh, we caught up with uh, the great man, PK, Phil okay. Kettle, who's another one of the absolute... Uh, loyal campaigners in the My Love Golf team. I do very much call him part of the team because he does yeah. he does fill a role. Um, he, I was going to say, if we call Doc marketing, he's <laughs> certainly some sort of associate marketing. He's definitely uh, an administrative um, manager of some some respects because he is uh, the backbone of the Teepster um, reminder service. Uh, we have many people in the Teepster competition, uh, which we'll talk about in a second, uh, and many people sometimes forget their tips. So uh, PK did put out a little system there if you want to get on board you can get reminded of your system of your tips uh, and it's all thanks to PK uh, we sat down the front row we were right there behind the goals um, so if the pain was going to be any more real it was right there under our eyeballs at the front row there was nothing between us and uh, you know I sort of recruited a Sydney fan into a Melbourne fan for the night but uh, it didn't didn't go our way but I did, I did get to see Lockie Flanagan at work on the uh, pitch side at work mm. working you know he was the original original founding member of the team he did put and edit the first uh, mile of golf podcast together and uh, and I watched him progress into his own media career and now works for the A-League and he was there on the pitch with his phone out doing his little social media post for the A-League it was very good very proud father moment but 6-1 absolutely pizzled the boys were and they were gutted and mortified and still are now, anyway there's a couple of golf tournaments going on in in around that time. We we're off gallivanting um, up to Sydney and back for a day and you down to the um, Magic Mike's Mid-Year Madness. Uh, we had the uh, Memorial Tournament, a fairly big one, an elevated event. Mm. And uh, Victor, Victorious. And Victor yeah. finally salutes. He did. Um, I didn't think he was going to get there, to be honest. I, it was quite a rough watch for a lot of the guys coming through the back nine, especially the last two or three holes. Uh, everyone was just absolutely choking up uh, because it was very, very tough, playing quite tough. I mean, when you get a winning score after 72 holes or seven under, it must be playing pretty tough. Uh, Victor came in quite strong, so he's two under through his, far, in, through his last four holes, um, got him into the playoff, which was which was good. Denny McCarthy was the other man in the playoff, and and he probably I didn't say let himself down. He bog he he bogeyed the last to end up falling into the playoff um, with Victor, but God, he putted well. I mean, he was only in the mix because of his putt. I'll look up his stats in a second, but he was absolutely red hot with the putter this week. Um, and then they went to the um, went to the playoff, and yeah, Victor 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 got him. Victor got him. Finally got the PGA Tour win got that, that uh, everyone's been forecasting for a long time since he's uh, you know, been uh, dabbling on the PGA Tour. Um, so, yeah, it's been a long time coming. So, or maybe it's not as long, but it seems like a long time because he's certainly uh, been there or thereabouts in everyone's tips and uh, discussions. He'll be a big Ryder Cup of this year, obviously. Um, so it was great, great to see mm. Victor. And you know, if you look at the the winners, or not the winners, the the top half of the field there. If you you know you run down the top, uh, well, it's top sixteen because there's no fifteenth. It was twelfth, t twelve down to t sixteen. All the big names that you definitely t spoke about last week uh, were definitely there, and a couple that I thought I personally thought might not have been there. One, 
Jordan Spieth, but he was definitely in your um, mm. factorings. Um, Ricardo was there, Ricardo Fallet. Yeah, um, poor, poor uh, third round. Didn't help him, but yeah, he he was my teeps to pick last week. Was Ricky and the other bloke that you know you would expect to once he gets a sniff um, win these things, just not quite getting there. But certainly still at the pointy 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 end is Scotty Scheffler. What's, yeah, he, what's he doing? Why is he not putter. converting? Why is he not converting? Oh, it's Mike? a putter. It's, uh, we talked about him three four weeks ago. We said his putter's getting cold, or it had been cold. His putter the last fortnight has just got worse and worse. So I'm just going to look him up now. So Scotty Scheffler, he started, he's had an okay year with the putter. It was pretty poor middle of last year, but then he's sort of been pretty good. Masters, we know that he putted poorly. We, we, we called that out at the time. He's pretty much square with the field through the PGA. Last two events, Charles Schwab, he lost a shot a hole, a shot a round, and this week he lost two shots a round with the putter. I mean, that's something's fundamentally wrong with he, with him on the putter. And I, I'd be shocked if it's not mental. I mean, the putting is mental as it is. But, um, yeah, he's now gone from start of this year, probably averaging, I don't know, maybe half a shot above the the tour average to now being bang on just below tour average in putting, which is when you're the number one golfer in the world is pretty, pretty weird because it is – it's the one thing that's very, very hard to measure and very, very hard to sort of pick when it's going to come good. But um, when I say measure, you measure it, obviously, but measure when it's going to come good or bad, go bad um, outside of people like putting, say, on certain types of grass and things. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I, it, I won't say it's concerning yet. Um, his last his last, oh, we'll go back, his last handful of starts, third, third, second, fifth, 11th, 10th, fourth win, Fourth, twelfth, win, eleventh, seventh, second, ninth, third. I mean, that's up back to November. There's not many outside the top ten. Plus, he's got two wins in there. It's not exactly panic stations, but gee, imagine he was putting well. So you're on the uh, number one player in the world advisory committee. What what are you saying to him about the putting? What are you, are you saying? Change it. Get you know, get a new putter. Get a new grip. You know, change something. Um, or, or what are you doing? Side saddle claw. First thing we try. That's always worked for me. Um, now, what would I do? I don't know. The, the honest answer is I'd, I'd just say that the first thing I'd say to him is, what's your favourite putter? I don't care what you've got in your hand now. What, what's your favourite putter? I can guarantee you've got a stack of them at home. Get that in your hands to start with. You want to have something in your hands that makes you give, gives you good vibes and then literally just go and putt. Like, don't forget the mechanics. Just get back to feel. Um, he's going to have more of a chance of getting back to something good by finding fear with something that he likes rather than sitting down and grinding over mechanics, I reckon. Yeah, I'm a big fan of just changing something. Like, you know, if you can feel yeah, – he, he'll definitely have to be feeling something. Like, it just doesn't go that bad and, and be that good and not be able to feel something's not quite working. So, easy for me to say – but you've just got to change something, whether it's just in practice and in development, but you've just got to change and refound that confidence. And for me, mm. you know, the, the grip has been talked about when it's, when his putting has been talked about, you know, he's changing the grip, something that all, everyone sort of pops up and I just go to the claw. But, but it's funnily enough, it, it just takes away, changes the whole neural pathways and, and can actually work. Um, and sometimes I only use it for a round and it's enough to just to re sort of sync that sort of cognitive connection to the putter and the ball rolling. But, um, but then it comes back to once you do get to that point, 
it then comes back to feel and confidence, like you said, yeah. right? So for me, I've used the claw for, I've talked about this before, like I've used it since Chris DeMarco. Chris DeMarco was the reason I started using the claw and I've used it ever since. So 20 years of putting with it. But when I'm off the green, if I want to have a look at a little putt that's just coming through a bit of rough, I never use the claw. I always go with a normal grip because for some reason in my brain, I feel like I'm sturdier. Then now I'm finding that, no, no, I actually still quite like the claw. So it all comes down to feel. So when when he gets that feeling, whether it's new or whatever it is that he comes back to, he just has to trust his gut. Don't go to the mechanic, I reckon. Mm. Uh, tough one, tough one, but uh, yeah. We so, I mean, look, we can swat him in 10 minutes. Exactly, exactly right. Uh, we shouldn't feel that bad for him because he's probably just pocketed another, what, 400000 or something like that. And, uh, yeah, know, he's he's doing okay. Um, who else was up there that, uh, you know, we expected or who was up there that we expected that sort of maybe, or we didn't expect that performed better than should have been or better than we expected? He picked up 1.4 million. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, four didn't 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 putt before, and it's an elevated event. Elevated event. Sorry, my, my he didn't point. he didn't buddy he didn't putt well, and he's just going over one point four. The poor bloke. Yeah, um, I think it was look the ones that I worked around um, in my picks this week. Siwoo Kim, who finished fourth, obviously Scotty Sheffield was a superstar. I didn't have Victor. Um, won't lie to you, I, I I did not see him t- coming good here. It's a course where you get a lot of choppy lies around the green and rough, and we know he can't chip. Um, but this week he had a good week, and that that's the way it goes around the green. He was pretty much square with uh, a normal normal or the rest of the field. Um, Spieth, as we said last week, Rory's up there. I mean, Rory had a poor final round. If he doesn't have that poor final round, he was pretty poor with his wedges into greens. He gains right in the mix. I mean, I know we 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 lumber onto the bloke because he's not he hasn't won. I mean, he hasn't won again in the last say three or four months, but. You know, he's still getting himself in the right positions. Yeah. I think I'm not concerned about him at all. It it shows the quality and the difference that they can play not to their best and still perform at the, at the top level. And mm. and and not to, it's not a fair reference, but you know, a, a player that an Australian player that we've spoken about very highly, and you know, have already let, lobbed a heap of expectation on this young Dave Michaluzzi, who had an invite into yeah. into this tournament, and you know, didn't make the cut and. Yeah, it was like plus, what was Mika? Yeah, he was like plus nine or something like that. So, you know, he didn't have the greatest two days, obviously. But he came out and said, it was tough. Yeah. And and when we know the quality of this young fella, because we've seen him play yeah. seven, eight, nine, ten under at Peninsula Kingswood, and we've seen him play in the Sandbelt Classics against Cam Davis and, you know, give him a run for his money. Um, you know, when you see these guys not performing at their best, but still, you know, being up there, it just shows how far they are above everyone else in the world oh they're just yeah and it, their, their skill set is that's why they are where they are they're they're, they're freaks um but as well mick is a is a very very good player um but yeah he just needs more time on these tracks yeah. oh of course uh, he, he'll i know i know you're not saying any anything different but i mean once he gets a feel for it one year of traveling around um Knowing where to stay, knowing where to be on course, knowing where to eat dinner, knowing what works for you. He's just got to get in that, get in that groove, um, and he'll be fine. He, I'm, yeah, I'm not concerned about him um, and, for the and, future. And please don't think I was saying having a go at that wasn't having a. No, no, no. I, I was I know just that. using yeah. that as a reference, as we know, yeah. he's a really good player. Yeah. And and you know he found it tough at that course. Yes, he hasn't played there before, and all that sort of. He obviously had his practice rounds, but. Um, yeah, Cam Davis was there at the same. I was going to say, yeah. Same, I mean, the guys that are right around yeah. him. Cam uh, Davis has finished nine over. Yeah, 
Aaron Rye, you know, no slouch. Uh, Corey Connors, no slouch. The Hoiga, one of the Hoigas, no slouch. Yeah. Kurt so Kitayama, we're talking about Kurt Kitayama possibly making a Ryder Cup team, and he finished plus eleven. So yeah. um, everyone, why you know, like the course is rough, so long. You see, all these players have so much trouble around the greens, getting wedges to balls and fl- yeah. flobbing it out, and you know, like in an Instagram grab and a you know short little sort of grab, it sort of looks half sort of com- you know interesting, comical. Oh wow, that was hard, but. Can't, it can't make for great golf, you know, enjoyable golf. I don't know. What are your I, thoughts? I, I I think the around the green stuff didn't. I mean, it, it is a bit. If you miss the green, you're going to get penalised, and that's why it's there. I think the biggest um, the biggest test for it though is off the tee. I mean, I think that if you look at some of the shots that people had when they, even when they're trying to like not hit driver off tees, and they're just almost petrified not to hit it in the wrong spot, they're putting so much pressure on themselves. They're hitting it in the wrong spot. I mean, I saw C. Woo Kim on the final round with, I reckon he had an iron in his hand off one of the tees. And as soon as he let it go, he had one club off, one hand off the club, and it was flying straight towards the left hand rough. And I was like, oh, God, that's gone. And I went straight and drink, tiny little creek there, swallowed up, gone. Um, and the creek was probably only a meter, two meters off the fairway, off, off, the, off that first cut. So it's narrow enough, it tests you. It's a ball striker's course. You really need to make sure you're in play, and then you got to make sure you hit greens, and then you got to make sure you get putts. That's 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 why you're getting guys like Scotty Scheffler doing nine out of ten things perfectly, but not making any parts and still finishing in the top five. Um, yeah, Spieth, Adam Scott, you know these guys are elite ball strikers. Um, just leap back down to the other end of the field there for a second. I don't know if you caught any of. Uh the town cry, Billy Horschel and his uh, round one presser. Yeah. Where he shot like 84 or something like that and, you know, fairly open and honest. Now, mm. probably I'm not the biggest Billy Horschel fan. I don't dislike him, but, you know, like he, he's, you know, he's not one that I would follow. You know, he yep. gets a bit, says a bit, you know, can be, he's a little bit, pol- he's a little bit polarizing for a lot of people. Yeah, no, definitely. 100%. Um, but I thought it was great that he was able to front, still front the media. I wasn't sure if he was on the media schedule anyway, or he was defending champion, wasn't he? He was defending champion. Yeah, so yeah, he, was on, he, he would have been on the media schedule probably. It was on there on, yep. on the website um, to still front up at the media call and talk about it so openly and honestly. Uh, I thought that was pretty good and and well done to Billy for just having the guts to sit out there and. and do what he needs to do. Like, and if more players yeah. fronted up and were honest and open and continued to front up to the media and just let us have it, uh, I think that would be one of the elements that would make viewing uh, the game of golf at the, this level, the professional level, a little bit more rewarding, a little bit more entertaining. Um, yeah. We've well, seen the great stuff, but we want to see the real stuff as well. No, um, definitely. And we don't want to it, see Dylan Fratelli. You know, he was ill, but as was reported. <laughs> Yeah, you know, he buggered off at the fifteenth hole and then went and had a couple of milkshakes in the uh, yeah. the players' room before checking out. Yeah. So you don't yeah, want, look, you don't I, want to do that. Do a deal. Don't want to do that. No, one hundred percent. I think Bill, uh, Billy's like you said, he's polarizing. Um, I've just checked the PGA Tour media website, so he was scheduled for Wednesday pro am interview, um, but he wouldn't have been for round one. So he's gone. They've gone and asked him, and he's he's you know probably because he was defending champ and had such a poor day that they wanted to have a chat. I think he gets he gets probably um, he's polarizing because he always says what he thinks, and that's good and that's bad, right? Because sometimes you kind of need to rein it in, 
and people will always attack you when they don't agree with what you're saying, even if you're just saying what you think, right? But if you think about what the guy's gone through, he's been quite open. His wife had troubles with alcohol for quite a long time. She's been sober now, I want to say it's two years, I think they said they were yep. celebrating this week. Um, and he's been very open with that. I mean, yep. that's something that someone, most people wouldn't even want to talk about to some of their mates, let alone the world. Um, and you have to respect him and his family for that and just being so open. And then to watch him literally pause because he's going to be almost in a ball of tears um, talking about how far away he's from getting his game back, um, defending. Um, he's not long ago signed on to the new Tiger Woods, uh, Rory, Monday night golf extravaganza that's coming in the next sort of 12 months. He'd be a bit embarrassed and a bit concerned and a little bit of everything. So, yeah, I just thought it was it was really good for him to just speak freely and openly. Um, okay. Anyone else there on that list there that we need to talk about? Oh, I, do, uh, I, do, I do want to have one one thing uh, just back to Victor Hovland, something we've never done mm -hmm. before. But um, but if, is there any, any anything else, any... Before no, I was just going to tell you who picked him in Teepster this week. Well, um, let's do let's let's do my part, and then we can talk about yep. Teepster. Um, what I was going to do was just run through what was in Victor Hovland's bag. I, I usually always like on a Monday have a look what was in the bag, so it usually gives me something to talk to um, all the people about if they come in asking about something. You know, marketing at work, people want to know what the tour players are using. Uh, but I found this one interesting because uh, there's a whole heap of new ping stuff. Uh, Victor uses a whole, well, uses all ping. He's, as you see, his ping bag. Um, and Scott, who got the uh, the shaft delivery over the fence um, in Elwood at 8.30 at night the other night, he also uses ping, uh, or ping driver. Uh, Victor's got the ping G425. Now, what was interesting about that, that's the that's the previous model. It's not so old, It's but it's certainly last year's you know, model, uh, plays it at 8.4 degrees, so it's a 9 degree head, playing at 8.4, and he uses the Fujikura Speeder 661TRX, so that's the Torx, a very, very high quality shaft by the Fujikura uh, brand. Uh, he's got a TaylorMade Stealth Plus 15 degree three wood, um, he's playing that at 16.5, so that's, uh, that's the one with the adjustable head, and he's got the Ventus Blue 7X, so the uh, Fujikura Ventus Blue, you've seen a lot of the players use those blue Ventus, I think Rory uses yeah. them, um, uh, Minwoo uses a red one, There's, they're very, very popular, very, very high quality shaft. And he's got a 7-wood, another interesting thing, and and what's interesting is as soon as guys like these guys start using 7-woods, yeah. if I said three years ago, hey Mike, you should have a 7-wood in your bag, you would have laughed at me. Um, Yep. It's amazing. It's all the, many, all the it's rage. Amazing how many seven woods we're getting asked for. People coming. Oh, do you have a seven wood in the heavenwood ping G four thirty? So no, we don't. Uh, you know why? Because all the pros are putting them in. Yeah, well, that's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, uh, but it absolutely qualifies something that I've been talking about for a long time. Going, you should have a seven wood, not a not a three iron. Just put a seven wood in, not a. Just put a seven, and, and it's yeah. such an easy club to hit. You know, oh, I struggle with hybrids, struggle with three hybrids, put a seven wood in. Oh, no, really? And then people like me don't carry them. But um, Victor's got a seven wood, G430 Max, seven wood, playing at 18.75 degrees. That would be an absolute weapon of a club to have in your bag. Uh, the other thing that he's got is the an older model, again, I210s. Really good iron. The, that's the, it's not a full blade. It's a more generous head. Uh, it's cavity. It's got the... Um, the insert at the back, you know, with the rubber insert that sits in behind the face to make it feel and sound 
really good. Um, but it's it's definitely not a blade. So again, a you know one of the best ball strikers in the world doesn't have to use a full blade. This has got a. It's, I wouldn't say it's an offset, but it's got certainly a little bit more offset than a true blade, and just a bit more generous head. So he's valuing forgiveness um, over that pure blade uh, strike. He's got the KBS Tour. 120x, so that's a fairly fairly standard shaft and an X-Flex, you know, like if you're a stronger player, you can um, get away with using that sort of shaft um, pretty good. Uh, he's got the Ping Glide 4 wedges, so he's got a 50, a 56, and uh, a 60 um, in the standard bounces, so he's got the Torsol in the um, in the 60, so, you know, he's got the standard bounce in the 56, would be, I think it's about a 10 or 12 in that club, and then you'd have like the uh, Eight or so in the in the um, in the lob wedge, pretty standard sort of setup, a higher bounce and a lower bounce. Um, and he's got the Ping PLD DS72 prototype. So the PLD, you can get one of those in the, in a golf shop. PLD, that's a mill one, four hours worth of milling. He's got the rusty version. Um, so he's full Ping, and uh, I just thought I'd have a look at that. But I thought it was interesting that he's still using some older clubs. Doesn't you don't always have to upgrade to the new ones, of course. If they're going to give you a benefit, you, you should. If you do, go, go to Drummond, Melbourne. <laughs> go to any one of the Drummond stores all, all around the country. There are plenty of them, um, more than any other store in Australia, but there are plenty of them. Go there and they'll help you out. But, uh, yeah, anyway, just uh, what's in the bag with uh, Victor Hovland. With Vic. Big Vic. If, if, um, you, if you want me to do more of what's in the bags and a little bit of a deep dive and what I think about what's in the bag and why, let me know. If you don't want me to – if you want to give what's in the bag wide berth, let me know too. Um, the people that had Vic, there was a lot this week. A lot of people had Victor as uh, as their number one pick. Tyrone Road, Mike Crosby, Nomadic Golfer, Justin Bissicker. I feel like I say Justin Bissicker's name every other week. The Doctor Marketing, uh, Public Golf. Golf is an attitude, Blakey. Must have been a live week this week. All the live boys are on Victor. You might think he's jumping ship. Uh, golf is an attitude. The other live man uh, in the Discord, Jared Lotes. Uh, and Hoops78 all had Victor. I will, one person will get a shout out. That's my mum. My mum had Scotty Scheffler. She was very nervous through Saturday. And uh, yeah, she was very happy. I was just waiting for the text on Monday morning when Scotty shot up the leaderboard. Um, the overall leaderboard, Roscoe, you're down to fifth. Yeah. With a, like a touch. A touch, 85K under 15 million. You're at 15, just under 15. Golfing Tattooist has now clipped you. Is it 15.3? KT is at 15.32. So it's $10,000 between fourth and third. Jim J is another $45,000 ahead in uh, at 15.37 million in second. And our new leader. <laughs> Didn't he let me know about it come Monday? He said, I can't <laughs> believe. I, and I've missed... <laughs> I missed three cuts and missed a pick. Here and, he is. Of course yeah. he is. A very Golf own, is uh, an attitude. A, a very Blakey. Own rules expert from the Live uh, the Live Tour and the Asian Tour, uh, David Blake. Blakey, golf is an attitude. You can get him at Golf Rules Questions if you want to know about golf and how to play the game according to the rules. Uh, talk to Blakey. Uh, well done, David. New champion. That's it. That's it. So, yeah, they all, they all had very big weeks. Uh, Patrick Cantlay. Um, I'll reserve for the my own personal thoughts what I thought about your final final round, Patrick, and and how you you know put me further away out of touch of, with the leadership uh, of the teams that you I thought you were a champion up until the last round. Um, yeah, six you, over, yeah. six over ain't gonna do it. Like no, six no. over, who like he's like one of the best players. Come on, Patrick, where did he do it? I'll left, tell you where he did it. Patrick, a few of us had Patrick Cantlay as well. 
Oh. Yeah, he was a popular pick there. Well, Definitely he's, a popular he was pick. a Monty for an elevated event, you know, for at least some decent amount of bank, but definitely not. It's fairly close. Mm. Like the top five, we're all... Oh, very, very close. Very, very, very close. close. I'm trying to figure out what he did, what he did wrong. Paddy Ice, he did nothing right. That's a problem. Hmm. In round four, he lost strokes across the board. At literally everything. Uh, putting around the greens, approach, off the tee. That ain't going to do it. Okay. Um, yeah, for the week, his biggest weakness was the putter. A little bit like Scotty. You know what happens now? Is he in the RBC Canadian Open field? Probably comes, um, probably comes, out, probably comes out and wins. No, I don't think he is this week. Um, I will skip into that now, but and then we can talk about um, some couple of other tournaments. Um, no, he's not. It's a, it's a very, very, very different field this week. Uh, it's obviously the week before a major, so there's not too many people um, hanging around. Uh, a lot of people that went to even um, US Open qualifying today, if they got into US Open qualifying and had been signed up for the Canadian Open, they all said, no, I'm going to uh, not just pass that Canadian Canadian event and just uh, head over to LA and get ready to play. Um, so no, no, um, no, no, um, I was going to say Victor Hovland, no Victor Hovland, but no um, Patrick Cantlay this week either. Rory's playing. Uh, Rory's, Rory is the, the favourite uh, at a lazy $5.50. Uh, Tyrell Hatton, Matt Fitzpatrick, Cameron Young, Sam Burns, Corey Connors, Justin Rose, Shane Lowry, Tommy Fleetwood, Sahith Agava, Keith Mitchell, and then you're starting to get lean. A couple of, um, couple of podcast favourites, Adrian Moronk, uh, Adam Svensson. But yeah, after that, it really does drop away very quickly. Oh, it's not getting lean in the top Scott department. You've got the two favourites. You've got Marty Laird and Rusty Knox. They're both there, are they? They're both there. Yeah, I don't know if I'd have either. I, I think some of them figure out a way to both not get there. Um, I think Rusty. I think Rusty will, cut, will get get the uh, the chocolates over uh, Marty Laird this week in the top Scott. It's a um, it's Could a funny you- event this week. It's it's one where uh, we have no course form. They haven't been here before. Now, it's a course in the middle of town, but it's a course that, um, yeah, they've, they've done a little bit of mm, angling to get a big tournament there, and they've got the, the Canadian Open there this year, first time. Um, we, so we don't know how it's going to play, but no idea. It, I had a really, really quick look at it. Uh, it looks like a course where you're going to need to go low. Um, I wouldn't be shocked to see the winner at 20-something under. I mean, you're talking about a, a course that, isn't super long. Um, it's a composite. I think they've got either three nines or two eighteens there at least. I know the guys that the the power brokers at the course had um, actually visited Royal Melbourne and spoken to the guys there about um, how a composite would work and how they organise it. Part of the uh, workings in getting it there in the first place. So yeah, it's going to be a, a bit of a funny week. You've got to be a little bit concerned about some of the big names and how switched on they truly are to be in Canada the week before the US Open. Uh, I'm probably leaning to someone from the same part of the world, maybe Tyrrell, maybe Justin Rose, um, maybe Rory. I mean, Rory's won his last two starts here at the Canadian Open. The last two times it's been held. It didn't it missed a couple because of COVID. Uh, so Rory is your defending, defending champion. Um, yeah, don't know. I think I think a lot of people, if they haven't had Rory, will probably take him this week. What about Ludwig? Ludwig will be there. Um, he missed US Open qualifying today, so I would say he'll still be playing. Uh, Blocky will be there. 
Rocket's favourite, Michael Block. Um, he also missed out in US Open qualifying, I think. Um, yeah, so those guys will be there. Um, so will Rocket's other favourite, um, um, well, Ludwig's not an M anymore, um, Thunderbear, Thunder Cub, Thor, Thor Bjornsson, he's also playing in this event. And he did get a start in, a, um, in the US Open next week, I believe. Michael Thor Bjornsson? Uh, I don't know. It might be Michael, yeah. Yeah, Mike, yeah Michael thought, yeah. yeah, he's there on a sponsor exemption. Um, yep. As is Moronk, he's uh, got a sponsor. Well, he, he, he won his um, sectional for final spots into the US Open next week, today. So I'm assuming he's still playing because he's got a sponsor exemption. He wouldn't want to cancel that. No. But, uh, um, yeah. Uh, Jeff's playing too. Aussie Jeff. Aussie Jeff, Aussie Jeff Ogilvy. He is uh, playing, yeah. He... He uh, did not make it through qualifying today. Ah, uh, but someone, he, he, he someone, tried. someone did. Another Aussie did make it through qualifying. He did. There's a few. Yeah. Well, we should probably. Have, well, before we do that, do you want to? Who are you going to pick? Yeah. Good question. Um, good question. I'm probably getting low in the better players here, but it's probably one I might throw a Corey Connors or someone like that in there. Yep. Yep. Corey Connors. I mean, I've got a data late. Don't put any stock in it because we just don't know. But Corey Connors ranked third in the data lake this week. I'll give you the quick top 15, actually, because we always do that. Now, this is very rough, rough, because we just don't know anything about the course. So Justin Rose, Tua Hatton, Corey Connors, Cameron Young, Ben Martin, Joseph Bramlett, Nick Taylor, Akshay Bhatia, Rory McElroy, Tommy Fleetwood, Dylan Wu, Sahith Thagala, Adam Svensson, Nate Lashley and Adam Hadwin, the only other two that I've highlighted outside of those top guys, Eric Cole and Sam Burns, uh, both around, you know, uh, Corey, not, not far away. Corey Connors and Adam Hadwin, the two Canadians? Uh, Connors is Canadian. Um, Svensson's Canadian. I am sorry. Um, I think Adam Hadwin is too. Adam Hadwin is definitely Canadian. Yeah, they'll have a few. Um, bit of pressure. I, don't, I actually, my memory says a Canadian hasn't, Either hasn't won or hasn't won for a long time because I remember Mike Weir playing this every year and every year the pressure was super high and I'm pretty sure he never won. Well, he's back there and with a sponsor exemption to play again is old Mike Weir um, and so is Camilo Villegas. Camilo, yes. I remember watching him down at Moon Links uh, 15 odd years ago, I reckon it was, and there was no one there that knew who Camilo Villegas was because he was only just coming off... Um, I don't think he's coming out of college, but he was coming off... A year on back then it was the web.com tour i think and we went back when we had a web.com event in melbourne um we know that um you and porter won and punched his ticket onto the pj tour but yeah i think we had two or three years here of it and, and i remember following camilla around all day one day it was good uh okay us open qualifying where did, how did the Aussies fare in uh, in the final sectionals for uh, US Open qualifying? Yeah, there was a lot. I mean, I won't bore everybody. I'll qu quickly run through. Um, at Tacoma in Washington, we had 54 players, only two spots. Um, two people we don't know got through, so I'm not going to worry about mentioning them. Um, there's not many notables there either. Probably the best story that was coming out of there, there was a guy who was um, anyone that follows the Monday, Monday Q info on Twitter. Um, there was a guy who noticed on on Twitter that um, a player hadn't been able to get there and he was first alternate and he'd only noticed through the social media. So he shot over and made it in, with about two hours before his tea time and got in after round one was leading. It was, it was a massive chance to get in and get a, um, get a spot and then 
round two was a two-round tournament. Um, yeah, he didn't, didn't play quite as well, but it was pretty good to just turn up and, and be right in the mix. Uh, Springfield, we had 75 players for five spots. The only guys we'd know in the five, Taylor Pendrith, Nick Hardy, Dylan Wu, um, Vincent Whaley, um, guys that missed, tried and missed, uh, Mark Hubbard, Zach Blair, uh, JJ Spawn, and Troy Merritt, Kramer Hickok. Um, I'll just keep flicking through. Um, North Carolina, uh, we had 76 players trying for five spots. Paul Barjon has been playing a few events here and there on the PJ Tour, and Doc Redmond's a second alternate, didn't get in. Um, notables that missed, uh, Chesson Hadley, Spencer Levine. Pretty sure um, my boy um, Harold Varner III was there as well, but I can't see him listed. This is from the PGA Tour website, so maybe they've scrapped all the live players off their... Uh... No, 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 they haven't, because no, I can see, Mark I can see Leisure's on there as well. Yeah. Um, but yes, at a north course at Woodmont Country Club, uh, Carl Phillips, um, Aussie Carl, Koala, got in. Koala One. Carl, Koala Carl Koala Carl. Stanford Junior. Um, made just four bogeys. It was a nifty pairing to watch. So Carl gets in. He's in 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 the US Open next week, joining a bunch of Aussies. Um, Mark did. Mark Leishman did miss there, um, and so did Tom Love Lady and Joseph Bramlett, who's playing. We just mentioned him. He's playing on the Canadian Open this week. Um, Columbus is one that's always a big one because effectively, I think they call this Super Monday or whatever they call the longest day on longest day in golf because they have all these last sectionals and last spots in. And the one in Columbus is always massive because you've got the memorial in Columbus and everyone shoots over here. So 103 players try to get spots here. They only gave out 11. So 10% of the field got through. Uh, Olin Brown, uh, Eric Cole, uh, Luke List, Patrick Rogers. So Luke List pulled out a Canadian Open. Stuart Sink, Kevin Streelman um, all got through. Notables that missed. A bit long list. Eric Van Royen, Cameron Champ, Tyson Alexander, Aaron Badley. Uh, William McGirt, Kevin Chappell, Chris Goddard, Kevin Tway, Peter Malnardi, David Lemurth. Uh, lots of people missed. Uh, in Florida, no, sorry, yep, Florida, uh, 51 players for three spots. Carlos Ortiz got through um, from the lift tour. Um, Christian DeMarco and Cameron Kucha both missed. Now, those names would be uh, quite, quite um, reminiscent to a lot of the listeners, familiar. Christian DeMarco is Chris DeMarco's son, and Cameron Kucha is Matt Kucha's son. Uh, so they both just missed out. But, yeah, you can tell you're getting old when uh, blokes that we watch, sons are trying to get onto a, a US Open. Um, I'm not going to keep going through all of them, but effectively, yeah, Michael Thorbe Jornsson is probably one of the standouts. He's one of the amps who's playing this week, as we talked about. He won his sectional. Uh, Harrison Endicott missed there. Uh, yeah, and that was it, really. That, they're the main ones. Um, I think the main stat that I saw, I think it was really good. I'm going to say really good. It's what should happen. Um, I think there's about 17 guys from the Live Tour that tried out today to get final spots, and I think four got through. Sergio got through as one of those four. Um, Sebastian Munoz. Sebastian Munoz, yep. Yeah. Um, James Piot, I saw, was there. He didn't make it. Uh, I can't remember who that was. Uh, Rio Ishikawa, is he on there? No, I can't remember. Yeah, it was a... Um, it's good. It's, it's it's good to see those guys, you know, they want to play majors. So it's good to see them having a crack. Um, still disappointed um, your mate didn't try, which I thought was weird. My mate being, I've got many Your mates. mate, um, what's his name? Gooch. Tyler Gooch. Yeah, all right. Okay. I think it's, I think it's, I think he's mad. 
I don't, don't, don't understand why he wouldn't he's, just. He's got yeah. the racing bits. He should have been. He should have been there without having to qualify. But anyway, let's not go back down that rabbit hole. Uh, no, Rio okay, uh, Ishikawa is qualified. He qualified the same time as uh, Sergio, but he's not a live player, isn't he? No. There you go. Um, Mike, we had another great event uh, as a new event, the Mizuho Americas Open at Liberty Nationale. And we saw, I don't know if you call it a changing of the guard, um, but you definitely saw two of the future stars, current stars, future stars, the future of women's golf standing um, standing out, Rose Sang and Jennifer Cupcho. And uh, Rose Zhang, in her first ever professional tournament, uh, comes out and gets a win. Now, yeah, it might not be surprising to some, but if you know, if you just listen to that on its own, you probably think, "Wow, how does that happen?" But you know, we know Rose Zhang has been the leading women amateur golfer for a number of years, and she's played amateur golf for a number of years. You know, and it was wasn't that long many months ago that she was just playing. Um, in the ANWA, the uh, Augusta National Women's uh, Amateur event, and here she is winning her first ever mm. LPGA uh, tournament. Um, it's a pretty good effort. It is. I mean, the No Laying Up guys have done a lot with her over the last at least 12 or 18 months, um, lots of videos and stuff. So we, I think most of the guys that, and girls that follow them would have seen videos of her before. Um, yeah, I think two weeks ago she became the most winningest player out of Stanford, passing Tiger. Some, it was some sort of stat like that that I heard, so I hope that's right. But, yeah, just just looking at her world golf, amateur golf ranking, uh, back into, um, yeah, 2022, she's gone first, first, 12th, first, 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 fifth, first, first, first. That's pretty good. Not bad, is it? <laughs> that's, that's, that's a reasonable result. So, yeah. Fair to say, um, coming on to the LPGA Tour, there was going to be a bit of pressure uh, and also a lot of people expecting big things. So to turn it on in, I think, round three, she was leading. Um, and then to watch her, I watched the final round and watch her hang on and just punch out, you know, rock-solid pars. Um, and just played just really rock solid golf all day. Which only made the you know she made a bogey for the day, but the final hole she made a bogey to get into the playoff um, was just so so impressive to watch. Um, yeah, very 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 impressive stuff. And yeah, her her, her world golf ranking. Funnily enough, uh, she was she was sitting. She obviously doesn't play many events to be on the world golf rankings outside of AM. So she was ranked four hundred eighty two in the world, and now she's ranked number sixty two in one week. Uh, imagine at the start of this tournament and the uh, Solheim Cup, this is obviously Solheim Cup year, uh, captain comes up to you and says, oh, by the way, uh, Rose, if you win this week, uh, you will be eligible for Solheim Cup. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, yeah no worries. And yeah. uh, goes out and wins. So she's now eligible to play uh, for the US in the Solheim Cup. Wow, what a what a way to qualify for that. You know, the one and only chance you get to win and you go out and win. Is that a – this is going to sound stupid, but – you know, she. Would you rather? Would you Would you want to come out and win your first ever tournament? You know, being that the, the eyes of the world and the expectations of the golfing world are already on you for being, you know, the one of the most elite amateurs to ever come into the professional game. Do you want to come out in your first tournament and win, 
or yeah. do you just want to maybe get a sneaky third, fourth, or fifth? You know, <laughs> just show the world that you're there. Or I, you know, what I, I would say, I would now? say for her, I'd exactly, I'd say for her, just win. Like, yeah. don't, don't. No matter what she did, she's going to feel pressure. She's, she's a not just a talent. She's a super talent. She's American. Um, she doesn't matter whether she finished last or first this week. She's going to have pressure for the rest of her days. So you may as well win it. I think we only saw Grace Kim. What was her third start that that won the other week? Yeah. I and mean, she's not going to have to deal with as much pressure as as Rose has, is going to have. Um, yeah, win it and go on. She doesn't look like she's going to be flustered by too much. Uh, yeah, it'll be very, very interesting to see how she goes. We've talked talked a little bit about Lynn Grant coming over from Europe to play, who's quite a talent as well, a little bit older. Yeah, it's going to be um, yeah, fun to watch the, the women's tour for the, the next few months. Uh, well, the names that you would expect to be up there um, were certainly up there. Uh, Furue, who we talked about last week uh, in T4. Uh, Ryu from uh, Korea in third. Who else do we have? Ashley Buhai, winner of the Australian yeah. Women's Open and the uh, British Women's Open last year. Leona Maguire, Steph Kiriakou, so uh, Titicool, Madeleine Sagstrom, all the, all the great names. You know, all, always come to the cream. At um, Liberty National, first time we'd seen the women play there. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, Min Ji was right up there too. I think through two rounds, I remember seeing her name at the top of the leaderboard. Uh, but yeah, Rose Zhang, first start, um, four hundred and twelve thousand US, bang, straight in the bank. Beautiful. If you're uh, going to give up your amateur status, that's a good way to do it. <laughs> Not bad, eh? Uh, you mentioned Grace Kim. She made the weekend and uh, finished T forty three at plus three. So it's good to see her getting playing regular, uh, some regular golf, which is very good. She's had a couple of miscuts, but uh, yeah, a talent. Um, a talent that we'll see more of and uh, another one of the great young Aussies out there doing it on tour. Some good golf coming up, Mike, in the next month. Uh, you know, I think past the Canadian Open, we've got the US Open at uh, LA, yep. LA Country Club. You know, the amount of people that, that I know that think I have all these connections in golf around the world to help them get games, which is absolutely not true. There's been about at least four or five people that have been in America the last few months saying, have you got any, any connections that can get me on LACC? Everyone wants to play there, so I think everyone's going to want to watch. Um, I can't remember the names of the architects that really turned the LACC North course on its head. So we'll talk about this next week in a little bit more detail. I'm not sure if we'll get the um, the majors man back on. He's travelling everywhere, but we probably will try. So we might do a deep dive on LACC next week. Um, what else we got? We've got the Women's British Open at Walton Heath. You know, um, haven't had a tournament there since the British Masters four or five, six years ago. It looked great then. I'm sure it's going to look great for the, the women playing there. I uh, got the Scottish Open at Renaissance. We've got the Open. What else have we got? Because there's heaps of stuff coming up. It's going to be great. Hmm. No, it's going to be big. Um, big few months. Yeah, probably the the US Open next week's the one that I'm most looking forward to. Um, being a bit selfish, I know we've got listeners all around the world, but being a bit selfish in Melbourne, it's been a little bit a little bit rough with these East Coast events, uh, East Coast um, US events, because they start quite early. Um, so yeah, and I'm an, I'm an early bird. So when I'm getting up at five o'clock in the morning, I get to watch a couple of hours of golf and that's it. Whereas when we're playing uh, in LA next week for the US Open, much more civilized. I'll be able to sit there on Saturday up until probably close to lunchtime watching golf, which will be delightful. Uh, we skipped over the uh, European Open, which was held last week at the uh, Porsche Nord course. Uh, the Green Eagle Golf Course is don't know much about that place. And uh, I don't know much about uh, young... Um, Rory's mate. Uh, what's his name? Tom McKibben? Is it Tom? 
Tom McKibben from uh, I Only Know because I saw him interviewed and uh, he was interviewed after he won and he's from Hollywood, same part of um, yep. part of the world as Rory. Northern Ireland, yeah. And they said, oh, it would be good if Rory wins. Oh, yeah, great great if we, uh, you know, two of us win on the same day. So, you know, good luck tomorrow. <laughs> okay, mate. No worries. Um, yeah, he looked like he was really happy to win, which is great. You know, I think it would, obviously it would have been his first win. Um, but yeah, had the had the proper accent and everything. He was yeah, it was, it was good value. Uh, don't know much about him, but I'm sure we'll we'll get to see a little bit more of him. But uh, what I, who I do know a little bit more about is Marcel Seam. You know, who's had a rough trot in the last few years, but he's ground his way back off the Challenge Tour and uh, wherever he plays now that he's back on the uh, DP World Tour, he's a fan favourite and is playing pretty good golf. And he finished yeah. tied second, um, but uh, really. You know, this is full of a whole heap of names that um, a lot of them, you know, aren't regulars in the in the name of the big scenes of golf. Uh, Davy Law, Connor Simon, going through the Scots, Ewan Ferguson, Bobby yeah. Mac, Matt, Bobby McIntyre. You know, he should be much further at the top of the pointy end of these fields. You know, he's clearly just. I mean, I I can look up these numbers, but Bobby's just clearly not finding it at the moment, um, which is disappointing because yeah, he he's he's clearly got yeah. talent. It's just he's got a. Whatever he's missing, he's got to he's got to go and get it again. Mm. Um, probably not. Look, you know, who knows what's going to happen? Uh, he's not. He wouldn't be featuring in a European Ryder Cup team at the moment, would he? Oh, he'd be. I don't think so. Mm. He'd be right on the border. Right on the border. I think. I mean, but he would. He'd need to show something. A European Ryder Cup team with a Scotsman in it is always a stronger one. But um, yeah, he's yeah he's got to he's got to show something. I mean, I'm just looking at his numbers now. I mean, yeah, he's. Yeah, his putting's been poor. He actually the, the honest answer is I can't say one thing he's doing well. Mm. That, that and that's the honest answer. Yep, and that that stacks up. Well, it's showing his results. Uh, anyway, uh, they've got the Scandinavian mixed. Uh, they do, they do. Be very, very interesting. I think. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to follow Lynn Grant on this one. I've got a funny feeling. I think the two favourites are the ones to watch: Lynn Grant, and Alex Noren. Um, yeah, I think one of those two will will uh, be taking home the silverware. Uh, Lynn Grant, another one of those young uh, women golfers that's not been playing her professional trade for too long. Um, played in the US the other week for the first time, and uh, you know, big things for her. She was she played the, she played in this last year and set the world on fire there, wasn't it? As an amateur, I'm pretty sure last year that was when um, we sort of the world got to know about Lynn Grant. I, my memory's fading me because I'm pretty old. She uh, no, nah, she's certainly been. Uh, on a tear the last 12 months. Um, yeah, and as we said last week, she's just been biding her time to be able to get over to play in the US. Um, had a good first event over there in the match play. Uh, just missed in the... She lost... lost uh, in the, well, I guess it's the semis before heading into the final. Uh, her results, uh, if I look them up very quickly... Um, no, I don't have them. Don't have, the, don't have those ones there. But yeah, that, that does ring a bell that she played well there. Mm. Um, okay. Mike, anything else? Uh, no, I did. Uh, the only thing else I can tell you is that I uh, had a dream Sung J M won the US Open. So just you had a dream. Say that and record it, and just keep it ready for next week if he does win. You had a dream. You, so when you dream, that's funny. Enough, I was talking about dreams this morning to to my wife. We had a coffee together. We, um, and I said, I had a dream last night. She said, what was it about? I said, I can't remember, but I had yeah. a dream. I remember having a weird dream last night. I can't remember what it was. She says, you never remember your dreams. I said, no, I don't. No, I think and that's supposed to, supposed to be two two types of people, people that do and people that don't. I don't think I normally do, but I just remember. Yeah, but man, all I remember was I was putting a bet on and I <laughs> mucked up the value and I bet 
way more than I would normally bet. Yeah. And it was on, and I couldn't, and I woke up in the morning and I'm like, who was the player? And I could only remember that he was Asian. It took me about 10 minutes to realize it was Sung Jae Im. I was like, it was Sung Jae. Now I'm going to have to find, I'm going to have to go and bet on him. Well, if anyone's going to mess a bet up and over bet or, or pull the push go, button, yeah. it's going to be me. That's oh, it. Dear, 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 dear. Sung Jae Im. Um, okay. Mike, thanks for joining us again, as, as we said. And uh, to you guys and girls all around the world listening to this podcast, thank you for joining us. If you've got anything you want to tell us, any feedback, any suggestions, anything you want to hear more of, less of, let us know. And um, we'll see what we can do. Uh, it's great to catch up with you last week playing golf. We should do it more often, Mike. Uh, it was it was yep. en- it was enjoyable. It was my first round in about two months, three months. The stand up desk has certainly got me more mobile. I was good until about what hole was it? The fifteenth. You were carrying too, which doesn't help. I was carrying carrying my clubs. So carrying uh, at St Andrews, which is not probably one of the very few courses I don't normally walk. But yeah. we did walk. Yeah, well, but I only had a half set, half set of Strixon Z Forge twos, which were really nice. Um, but it was going good until my legs started. I got tired there. That back. What was it, 15, 14, 14, 15, part six, yeah, 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 part 16, part seven. Oh, the, the hardest hole in the course that yeah. I don't know, it's like a par four and a half, yeah, part that, part yeah. that. So I was all right, was no, okay. you didn't, no, not that one, I the, the real, real long one up into the thing. Oh, no, I didn't part that because I hit about uh, 87 on that hole. <laughs> so we all did, no, Scott, I think Scotty did made it, maybe made a par as a, <laughs> as the toughest hole. That was, I played that like a absolute. Uh, Z graders in the right and then the left and then the right and then sh- over the bunker and then on it was a uh, it was playing in for anyone at home it was playing into anyone who's played at St Andrews we were playing off the back tees because we're masochists and you tee off and it's a blind tee shot to like a big hogs back and you you need to land within I don't know it's a 10 meter wide strip if you end up left of it you're dead and if you end up right of it you're dead well I went left and I was dead and Ross went no, I went yeah, I went left, and Ross went right, mm. and we we're both dead. Uh, Scott s- smashed his down the middle, so uh, and we both paid for it. And then I, I picked up mine because we we're playing Stableford, and um, yeah, I played I, I played mine out for about a thousand. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I did par the next, the par three, that tough one down the hill, that really long one, that was good. Yes, the uh, sixteen. Mm. Yeah, uh, very good. Thanks, Mike. We'll uh, see you all on the uh, next episode of the My Love of Golf podcast. 